My name's Ashley Flowers. I am 32 years old from South Bend, Indiana, and I'm the CEO and founder of the podcasting network Audio Chuck. Part of that is I host a number of shows, including Crime Junkie, and I also host Supernatural on the podcast network. My name's Eric Hudak. I'm 31 years old. I'm from Granger, Indiana, and I am recently the CFO of Audio Chuck, which hosts Crime Junkie and other podcasts. Eric and I dated for roughly five years before we got married. We have been married now for three years. We just celebrated our third anniversary. If I had to describe our love story, I would say it's simple in one word. And simple sounds bad, but I think simple is beautiful. And I think simple is comfortable. And I think simple is what lasts. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Before I met Eric, my dating life, I think, was terrible. I really didn't date a lot. I didn't really have boyfriends in high school. I had a serious boyfriend couple serious boyfriends in college, but those had all ended. I hadn't really done a ton of dating since I had been back in South Bend and honestly had kind of written it off. I was trying to get out of Indiana. I wanted to go back to Arizona. I wanted to move to a bigger city. And it was kind of the last thing I was looking for at the time when I had just moved home. It felt like such a weird point in my life, a low point in my life. I was 23. I just moved back in with my parents. I was not utilizing my college degree. I was working at like Lowe's. I was like, this is not where like things are going to happen for me. So the history there was didn't have a lot of good luck. And I didn't think I was going to have any good luck then, certainly. My dating life before meeting Ashley was interesting, I guess. I've had a lot of serious relationships and I kind of went from serious relationship to serious relationship. Once I was with someone, I I fall pretty hard, pretty fast. And I had gotten out of a relationship probably five months before. It was probably one of the longer times I was single. And I also was like, Ash, I was looking to get away. I was applying to any job I possibly could just to get out of my parents' house and start utilizing my degree and surely wasn't looking for anything, thinking anything was going to be long-term. I met Eric In the fall of 2012, I had just come back. I went to college at Arizona State University. I had just come back to town. I was living with my parents. 
Eric had just finished an internship in London and had moved in with his parents. And if you know anything about our small town, South Bend, when everyone graduates, they leave. So none of my friends lived in town anymore. I was hanging out with my parents every weekend and I was in the car driving through a Notre Dame tailgate. And my husband, Eric, he's 6'6", and I spot him from so far away, and I remembered him from high school. We actually grew up in the same neighborhood. We weren't friends. We hung in different groups. But I knew enough to know that, like, I knew him. We were in the same high school grade, and I was just desperate to hang out with anyone who wasn't my parents anymore. So I stalked him on Facebook and basically, like, begged him to be my friend. <laughs> I randomly got a Facebook message from from Ashley and luckily I pulled it up at the tailgate and I was like I remember you from high school you were friends with one of my neighbors so she ended up coming out to the tailgate and I think we went to one of the local bars and it was the first time I had probably ever said more than five words to you it was the same thing we were both home didn't really have a lot of friends there both living with our parents we're desperate for anyone else outside of hanging out with anyone 50 plus yeah I think we really started as as friends, like we were just looking for, for friendship and someone to hang out with. Yeah. Our first date was to a movie. I don't even remember what we saw, do you? Our first movie was James Bond. I don't even like James Bond movies. I like I was obviously desperate to hang out with you. So we went to a movie. I was like super nervous. I can like remember what I was wearing. I can remember everything. But after the movie, we got to talking about Steak and Shake, which is like this local Midwest chain. It's like a staple. It's everywhere. And Eric was like, I've never been to Steak and Shake. And I said, that's impossible. Like, you can't grow up in this area and not have been to Steak and Shake. And so we went and we just stayed there for like hours eating cheese fries and talking. And he told me years later, he's like, of course I'd been to Steak and Shake. He's like, I just didn't want the day to end and I didn't know what else to do, which I thought was awesome. My opinion on the Steak and Shake, we were walking out of the movie theater and I was having a great time. Still nervous because first day, always you have the butterflies and it's going well and I didn't want it to end. And the drive home was roughly 20 minutes and I knew I had to work in there somehow. Like, let's take the longer way home. And I know that makes us five minutes away from Steak and Shake. And so like, that's the one place I know it's open 24 hours. We can get a milkshake. And the easiest thing to say I hadn't had was their fries and I had never been there. So I threw that out there and instantly Ashley was like, yeah, we're going there then. And as soon as she said, yeah, we're going there, I just knew like, okay, this is this is gonna work. Like she wants the date to continue and she's into it as much as I am. And we just, like Ashley said, we spent the night there just talking and I think we got home around midnight and it was just, it was a very memorable evening. When we met each other's families for the first time, again, simple. Like, there was nothing stressful about it. I don't even really remember it happening because it was so organic. I, again, we were, like, friends before. And so, so much of our friendship, again, we met at a tailgate, revolved around us tailgating at Notre Dame parties. You are looking at me funny. I will get there. <laughs> so, we would tailgate. Uh, his family does a big Notre Dame tailgate every Saturday. And so, that's kind of, like, how we would get together and, like, get to know each other every single weekend as we come to these tailgates. So most of the time, I was like full on like champagne drunk by like 11 a.m. And I wasn't meeting your family as your girlfriend. I was meeting your family as like this 
random girl and like me and your mom hit it off like your dad was super cool and then my family started coming to the tailgate I'm pretty sure like they met before we were even like super serious and that's how you met my family but it was all as friends and I think it was so nice there was no pressure there and they all ended up liking each other so by the time we were dating they were super excited about it and they still call you champagne when you come out to the tailgates because of the first few weeks you left a memorable impression on them. Champagne drunk, that's for yeah. sure. So, you know, there's a couple moments, I, I would say, when I knew I loved him or when I knew he was the one. I would say when I knew he was the one, again, it goes back to our story. It's simple. Like, we were, what, 23, 24 at the time, probably 24. So that's like the time in my life when I was still wanting to, like, go out to bars. Like, it's hard to remember bars right now. But I used to go out every weekend. You and I had a ton of friends. We were hanging out. And it was St. Patrick's Day, which was like, I mean, if you're not going out to the bars on St. Patrick's Day, like, what are you doing with your life? So you had moved to Indy. I was still living in South Bend looking for a job in Indy to be close to you. I had come down to see him for the weekend and he gotten really really sick and so obviously like we're not going to go out we're not going to do anything we spent the whole weekend on the couch and most of the time I don't even think you were like coherent you were like sleeping but I just remember having this moment we're sharing the tiny like love seat couch that you had and like you're taking up most of it and you were like passed out like drool on your face <laughs> and I just remember looking at you being like oh this is like I could do this forever. I'm not I'm not out. I have no one else around me, but I am so happy being with him in this moment at home doing nothing. I would rather be doing nothing with him than doing the funnest thing with anyone else. And I think that's when I knew I was like I could do this forever. When I knew Ashley was the one, we were looking at apartments. And we had been looking all day and I remember so what she was wearing. You were wearing a blue sundress. Um, and your mom came down to help us look at these apartments. And we were on the last one on the south side of Indy. And we were going to get off of the golf cart to go look at it. And she got off and I just remember looking at her and she being like, I could spend the rest of my life with her. Like this, this girl is amazing. Um, the day was stressful, but we still had fun looking at these places. Um, and I will forever remember that when we went up to my apartment to drop me off, I made her come up there and was, she thought I was being really weird and creepy. And I was like, no, just stay up here all fast. I just want to tell you something before like you and your mom go back to South Bend. And I just wanted to tell her I love her for the first time just because of how memorable the day was. And I just knew that I had made the right choice. The first time I told Eric I loved him, I actually didn't do it. <laughs> so we had just started dating. And it was the first Valentine's Day, so we'd only been dating, like, two months. Yeah, like, seriously dating for, like, two months. And I was trying to do something nice. Again, This we were still living apart at this time. And so I was like, I'm going to send him. He's a big foodie. He loves food, loves sweets. I'm going to send him a giant cookie to his work. And so I signed up online, Mrs. Fields, and send him this big cookie that says, Happy Valentine's Day. And after I send it, Eric started getting so weird with me. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. Like, it was so new. And I was immediately, I was like, oh, my God, I made a huge mistake. Like, you know, I was kind of reluctant. When we started dating, like, I was kind of reluctant to, like, go all in. And I was like, you know what? Like, you told me, like, we just got to either do it. We're in or we're out. And I'm like, I'm in. And then you started acting so weird. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to break up with me. Like, it was all some trick. And 
The cookie was like gone next time I went down there. And we never talked about it. You never said thank you. You never even mentioned it. And so years later, so after he said he loved me when we were apartment searching, I said I loved him too. That's when I first thought I said I loved you. Well, he tells me years later that he almost broke up with me because I said I love you too soon. And I was like, I said it after you. And he told me freaking Mrs. Fields tried to break us up. Instead of writing Happy Valentine's Day, she writes, I love you on the cookie. Again, we never talked about it for years. Like we could have broken up and like never known that it was like this weird mistake. So I got the cookie. I get a message from our secretary. So I went down to the the 22nd floor with my boss at the time because she was picking up a delivery also and she gets this box of oranges and I get this large box and I have no idea what it's from says Mrs. Fields I'm very caught off guard so I go up to my desk and we have a open floor plan because we were on a trading floor so I open it up in front of our entire team of I think there were six of us at the time on our side another six on the other side and it just says I love you and everyone's like oh like who who's that from and I was like this is from a girl I've been dating for two months. And now one of my good friends was just instantly just like, oh, that's that's uncomfortable. I mean, they ate some of the cookie, but I definitely just <laughs> left it at work because I was so uncomfortable and I didn't know how to react. And I was just like, I, I, I may have made the worst choice of dating this crazy girl. Mrs. Fields. For the proposal for Ashley, we drove out to Maine. I had just taken a quasi sabbatical my company moved to Baltimore and so we drove out there and at that point I had already decided I was going to propose to her and we had dinner with some very close family friends a really nice lobster dinner then we took the ferry over to Peaks Island where we had this rental for a week and this was one of our first vacations we had had together just because of our crazy work schedules and on the house there was this little ledge outside of the only bedroom that overlooked the ocean And so we went out there at night and had a bottle of wine and we're just sitting there. And I kept asking Ashley, I go, what would make this better? And she started slowly getting annoyed just because she was like, just, we've, we finally got here. We drove 20 plus hours to get to Maine, just shut up and enjoy the weather. And so I knew at that point I had kind of pushed it to the limit. And so I turned on our song at the time, which was Tenor of Sea by Ed Sheeran and I got down on one knee and went to pull the ring out. I had planned this entire speech. I'd been practicing it for a while. I'm not the best at public speaking, so I wanted to make sure I blew Ashley away because she's so much better at just speaking in general than me. And instantly she just started crying, saying, if this is fake, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna break up with you because I have a habit of playing practical jokes. And I was like, it's not. And I opened up the box. She just started crying and I, I couldn't even get my speech out because she was just sobbing so much. You say you have a habit of practical jokes. This was a very specific practical joke. So like leading up, in the months leading up to our engagement, he would just get on one knee randomly throughout the house and like make me think he was proposing and then like make it some big joke. So when we like are in this most romantic place and our song is playing and you get down on one knee, and I mean, again, we'd been together like four years at that point. I thought it was never gonna happen. I just couldn't. I was like, if this is a joke, I will actually push you into the ocean. <laughs> I blame that on the office. I just remember Jim doing it a lot, and I thought it was hilarious. And looking back, it was an awful idea. <laughs> Our wedding, I would say, is pretty non-traditional. I have never been the one who is, like, dreaming of their big day. More than anything, again, Eric and I are pretty practical people, and we couldn't imagine spending our hard-earned money and our parents' hard-earned money 
on this like elaborate day when we like we wanted a house. We wanted to be financially secure and it just seemed bananas to us. Like no matter how great your wedding is, that speaks nothing to like how your marriage is going to be. So we wanted to do something. We wanted to celebrate it. I love dancing. I wanted to wear something sparkly. <laughs> so we decided to keep it super simple. I love New Year's Eve. So we landed on New Year's Eve as our wedding day. And we rented out this really tiny brewery. And we got married in the brewery with just like 30 people. It was like our immediate family, grandparents, and then like our closest friends, those people who were in our wedding party. And so we did a really quick, tiny ceremony. Eric's grandpa married us in the bar and we had pizza at the bar. And then we had more people, like more friends and family come. Um, I think it was only like 75 people total, even for the second half of it. And they came at like 7.30 or 8 at night and it was just a New Year's Eve party. Like I think we skipped over all of like the normal traditions. We didn't do like cake cutting. We didn't do that thing where you have to like walk around to tables and spend your whole night talking to like random aunts and uncles. I think we talked to no one. You might have talked to more people than I did. I changed into a sequin jumpsuit and danced until I was like sweating my face off. And I had the best time of my life. I had zero regrets. I like if we got married again, I think I would do the exact same thing over again. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we didn't even have cake. We had a donut wall from a local donut shop. We did an intro. That was it. Where we got announced. We were in the back room listening to candy paint <laughs> on repeat and started to drink. And then they announced us and that was it. It just went right into dancing and drinking. Yeah, that's where Eric said that when he proposed. He said at the time our song was the Ed Sheeran song. That's because it changed. So at our wedding, when we were waiting in the back, one of the people there was like, what song do you want to hear? And Candy Paint was like really big then. And so we're like, yeah, put that on. Well, we didn't realize she put it on repeat. So the wedding party had to hear Candy Paint. I swear it had to be like 26 times in a row. So now, like when I think of our wedding, when I think of the best day of my life, it's Candy Paint in the background. So every time that song comes on, I get like these warm, fuzzy wedding feelings. And it's so bizarre. What I love the most about Eric is the trust that we have. In my early dating history, I had a terrible dating history where I thought it was normal that you like just are always questioning the person that you're with and their loyalty to you and wondering, you know, what they're doing when they're not with you. And there hasn't been a single day in eight years where I wondered if Eric loved me or I wondered if he was devoted to us in our relationship. And that's not saying in eight years we haven't gone through hard things or difficult times or had fights, but like even in our lowest points, I feel so secure in his commitment to our relationship, in his commitment into making it work. And that's what I love about him is even when he doesn't like me, he loves me. And that has nothing to do with me. That has something to do with like his character and and his loyalty. And that is what I find to be his like most beautiful characteristic. It's very sexy. Loyalty is very sexy. (laughs) What I love most about Ashley, she pushes me. She always continuously pushes me to try new things, to be a better person, and she pushes our relationship to make sure that we're still growing together and she cares about our relationship so much that she's not willing to give up on certain things. If she sees that there's something going hard, that she's willing to make sacrifices to do the legwork that is required to 
stay in a healthy relationship, to stay, stay in a positive relationship with each other. Um, and I think that speaks a lot to who she is, that she's willing to put in all the work that, that she can to make sure that we stay together for the long term. When I look towards my future with Eric, I'm most excited about what I don't know, if that makes sense. When we got together eight years ago, I would have never pictured what our life was when we got married three years ago. And when we got married three years ago, the way our life has changed in three years is almost like beyond comprehension. Like we couldn't have anticipated being here. Whatever our future looks like, you know, I'm excited to have a little baby hootie one day. I'm excited to continue to grow a business together. Now, I mean, this is Eric in 2021 just started working full time with Audio Chuck. So I'm excited for us to be not only partners in marriage, but now partners in business. And I'm excited to figure out and navigate what the next couple of years look like, because I think in a year, two years, another three years, our life's going to look completely different than it does right now. And I'm just excited that I get to do that next to him. I'm most excited about the future with Ashley as starting a family. We had talked so much recently about whether or not we wanted kids. How we were going to have kids. How we were going to have kids, if we were going to have a kid or adopt. And really, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how we have a kid. I'm just excited to see her become a mom. I'm excited to be a, a father to someone. And I think just starting that family with her and just seeing her grow as a person with that little person or teenager, depending on however we go about it, and just trying to be the best parents we possibly can be, taking the lessons from our parents and just putting it to work and seeing her grow as a person and grow in our marriage. Thanks for listening to Our Love Story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. For more episodes of Our Love Story, follow us on Spotify and check out other ParCast originals, all available on Spotify. Our Love Story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from ParCast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and associate produced by Alex Trigvidotter.